As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standig Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standig. I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic and I host this here podcast. I appreciate everybody checking out the podcast. It's week one. NFL season kicks off tonight, Dallas-Tampa Bay. I think I know who we're all rooting for here. I mean, I guess if you're some sort of Peyton Manning, AFC East person, you may say, I'm going to root for the Cowboys. But, you know, you're listening to the Washington football team podcast. I feel confident we know where you're where you're headed, and that's a reasonable uh, call, to say the least. I, You know, as somebody who grew up here, you can't root for the Cowboys. If you do, you know, send help. It, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll help you. It's okay. You, you, you're among friends. We'll help. Uh, all right, so here's where we got here. I'm talking to you guys Thursday morning. Uh, we, we had practice yesterday. Ron Rivera talked. A bunch of the players talked. Curtis Samuel didn't talk. He didn't even practice much. And we It's looking now a lot less likely that he'll play week one. And now at this point, I think I would question whether he even plays in week two. Um, but all that said, we'll, we'll discuss that in a few minutes. But the crux of this episode is... It's predictions time. We got a it's season preview time. However you want to, however you want to look at that. Um, and so that's what we did here. Um, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch at Michael P R T D on Twitter. He and I had a deep dive on all things uh, Washington football team for the twenty twenty one season. Offensive MVP, defensive MVP, uh, rookie of the year, uh, concerns, strengths, uh, sleepers. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick stats, we did over-unders, we did fill-in-the-blanks, and we talked about what we'll all be talking about at the end of this season, you know, based on how it unfolds, and we share how we think it's going to unfold. A really fun conversation, as always, with the always fun Michael Phillips. Um, in addition, uh, my colleague at The Athletic, Rainan Walker, and our friend here, Matt Parrish of The Washington Times, chimed in with some thoughts as well on the season so all that and more here on the standard room only podcast which of course you can find on itunes or spotify and of course make sure to follow um or make sure to well follow me on twitter at ben standick and subscribe to the athletic to make sure you're not missing anything i you know look even i'm talking about mentioning that we have a deal but right now we do have a deal i think it runs through the start of the football season so if you haven't subscribed yet you know go check out one of my articles i had a new one up on the on monday about how what the Washington football team front office helmed by uh, Ron Rivera. It's not just about 
changing the roster. It's about changing the perception around the league. And I asked people around the league, what do they think about this new look, this post-Bruce Allen look? Have they Are they getting the trust back? Is competency there? Is this the group that's going to take Washington to the promised land? Some good insight from league folks um, and, and sort of some insight into what goes on behind the scenes with Washington. So make sure to check that out over on The Athletic. So I'm talking to you guys on Thursday. Now, we are going back out to practice today. Today will be the final practice of the week. Ron Rivera, um, is the team is off on Friday. It's a recovery day. So when I say off, I mean it's, it's a no media day. But there's no formal practice, essentially. They did practice on Monday. So it's a bit of an odd week, of course, um, in that regard. Normally, it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday routine. It's not. Um, what that means is this today we'll see whether Curtis Samuel is doing anything. I'm going to guess probably not or very limited based on what we saw yesterday. He, you know, he practiced Monday for the first time. There was, you know, noise about that. Hey, he's out there. What do we think moving forward? And, you know, it seemed like Ron Rivera was at least somewhat optimistic. Um, He went from the previous week saying he's either all in or all out, meaning Samuel, in terms of playing week one against the Chargers. Um, Oh, by the way, I didn't even mention, if you missed it, I did a, a Chargers preview in my previous episode with our uh, with the Athletics Chargers beat writer Daniel Popper. So make sure to check that out. Also earlier in the week, I did a um, who are the most um, indispensable players on the roster. You can check that out as well. So um, so there's that. Uh, the, the so R- Rivera, like I said last week, seemed to say Samuel was all in or all out. Then on Monday, he seemed to say, well, you know, it's a conditioning question more than it's a growing question. Can we get him out there for 20 to 25 plays? So it looked like things were at least headed in the right direction, at least from the standpoint of thinking that he was comfortable enough to play and they may be willing to use him in a little limited role. But then we got out there Wednesday and Samuel definitely did not look right. He was only out there, tried, tried a few things, but seemed to pull up with the hamstring injury. Rivera wouldn't give us any real uh, information. He just said they're going to be monitoring things. But, you know, it did not look great, uh, to say the least. And Samuel could only do so much. Um, You know, even if yesterday hadn't happened, right, they kept him out all summer. He's only just coming back. It would seem reasonable to think that maybe you don't want to rush him, especially when there's a Thursday game. So it could make sense to either say, don't play him in week one, to give him a little, a few more days of rest and, and and rehab to get ready for the Thursday game, or even to say, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna play it super cautious, not play him for either game, and then get ready for Week Three at Buffalo when we have even more time. Now I don't even know if that's even an option, and I guess the question has to be asked, and it was asked of Rivera, and he sort of you know declined to really get into it. You know, does it make any sense to put Curtis Samuel on IR? Um, it, there is a short term IR in the NFL these days; it's three games. So if you already think he's not going to play these first two games, does it make sense to just say, let's screw it. Let's just not even roll, risk it. We'll get him ready for week four against Atlanta. And, you know, ultimately, you know, when, when you do that, you're, you're doing a couple things. One, you're sort of just taking the taking the burden off the player. You're saying, look, we're not even going to don't, 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 don't fret. Work hard, get ready, work with the training staff, but don't go crazy. Um, you're, you're, you're doing this to yourself. You're taking the equipment. You're, 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 you're making yourself not overthink this. And you are, I guess, in theory, opening up a roster spot. I don't necessarily know how big of a deal that is for Washington. As we know, they kept seven wide receivers, so they have plenty of depth there. I would imagine if Curtis Samuel is out, you know, we'll see more De'Ami Brown 
um, probably than, than expected because he gives you some of that playmaking ability. Obviously, Cam Sims is uh, the big red zone target. You've got Adam Humphreys in the slot, and then behind them you would have you know uh, Dax Milne and DeAndre Carter. So, um, you know, I think those other guys would be the top four. And, of course, it's not, you know, Logan Thomas. And then there's also, you know, Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. We did a prediction story um, on The Athletic as well. And when one of the questions um, was, like, sort of who's a player, a, a, a lower-key player that will play a bigger role than people think. And I, I put J.D. McKissick. It wasn't necessarily my first thought, but, you know, in light of what is happening right now, like, J.D. McKissick was filling the role that they want from Curtis Samuel, but just, you know, Curtis Samuel is a faster guy and a bit more of a playmaker. And, but, you know, McKissick caught 80 passes last year. and He lined up in the backfield primarily, of course, but also he could be split to the slot or moved outside. And this is what they want from Samuel, and you're going to have to figure out other ways to get this done. McKissick was very effective last year with 80 receptions. So I think, um, you know, I think we're going to see probably more of him as well uh, because of this circumstance. So, um, look, if uh, here's the other thing to mention on Thursdays now this season, um, I, I can, I, you know, this is not state secret or anything. Um, Ron Rivera is not going to talk. The NFL rules have changed things, so the coaches only have to talk four times a week. Um, it was five before. So, what does four times a week mean? Well, there's game day, of course. And then there's the day after. So like this week, he'll talk Sunday at the game. He'll talk Monday as well. He'll talk Wednesday to kick off the week. And then he'll talk Friday to cap the week. But on Thursdays, he's not going to speak. That's going to be the day. Instead, we're going to get probably the the, the coordinators, um, at least, uh, you know, Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio, along with players. So my point is for this week, Ron Rivera is not going to speak today, which which means we won't get a... um, um, we, we won't get an update on Curtis Samuel, I mean, unless Scott Turner says something, uh, until um, next week. Or until Friday, I mean, sorry. So that's why I'd be like, all right, let me just do this now. You know, you know, if, if there's a dramatic update, I guess maybe I'll have to debate whether to, 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 to do another podcast. But that's why it feels, like we're, we're, it feels like we're in a safe place and can deal with this now. So anyway, so that's the deal with Curtis Samuel. Um you know, but obviously it's a big deal because they signed him to a big contract and you want him to be out there. Other than that, Washington is obviously pretty healthy at this point. You know, they put Derek Forrest on IR um, to start the year, but I don't think that's like a massive blow. A fifth-round rookie uh, safety special teams player. They've got depth there. Other than that, they look to be pretty good. Um, you know, for matchups to watch, I would say go listen to my conversation with Daniel Popper. Um, we got into what to think of Justin Herbert, Washington, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, the, the Washington's offensive line, uh, the secondary, Brandon Staley, the first-year coach for the Chargers, what to, what to expect out of him, etc. So, um, good conversation there, and hopefully you guys are going to find this this conversation a fun one as well. Let's get into it. Here we go, my conversation with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Dimes Dispatch, talking predictions. We're going to do that right after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, as promised, it is time for the 2021 Washington football team season preview. Here to help me do that, none other than Michael Phillips with the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We are standing outside the media tent. It is way cooler outside right now than it was inside the tent uh, earlier. So uh, I guarantee you're going to hear a lot about this tent over the course of a season <laughs> if, I, if, 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 if I know myself. But for now, we're going to focus on this team. Michael, first off, how are you feeling? How are you, how are you feeling as you're heading into the year here? I'm best shape of my life. Play, you know, I'm ready to go. Don't mind those nagging injuries. I'm sure they're nothing. It'll be no big deal. I feel like we're in the circus here. We're under the big top in the tent. Uh, it's it's going to be eventful. I, I, I'm going to love sharing a tent with you all year. We're, we're going to make the best of this. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to say the least. All right, we've got a lot to get to. Um, I, I came up with a bunch of random questions. We're just going to go through these here oh. and and see where see where it takes us. Um, let let's start with let's start with the quarterback. I hear people like quarterbacks. Got a bunch of over unders here. We'll, we'll start with those. Uh, bring it on. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You've heard of him. We're not going to ask how many kids he's going to have by the end of the year. That number could change. You never know. <laughs> Touchdown passes plus interceptions. Now, obviously, it's when a guy who hasn't played 16 games a lot, he reminded us today, I asked a question, like, how do you plan for a season? Do you think about it week by week or you know, quarterly? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm kind of a week-to-week kind of guy. Look at my career. Yeah. So it's hard to project for a season. But if we project what could happen, 39-and-a-half touchdown passes plus interceptions, you are – a, uh, uh, like myself, like to perhaps drop a wager here or there. Would you go over or under 39 and a half touchdown passes and interceptions? I'm going with an over, and that's a bet on Ryan Fitzpatrick both being healthy and being the starter. And I think those two things are you can disassociate them from each other. One, he stays healthy. He stays healthy and he gets to play 17 weeks. And two, he's good enough that they don't bench him. Thus, he gets the 17, the 17 weeks. Uh, I, look, I don't know that he'll play. All 17 things happen. It's the NFL, uh, but I think he'll play a, a majority of them. I, I think he can get to that number in 14 or 15 games, just, just the way he's put up numbers over his career. So it's, it's an over for me, and it's a bet on him playing all the games. I mean, if you say 26 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, that gets you there. That That's seems very reasonable. Like, right, all things for him, that, that, that shows some level of being aggressive and being efficient. Throwing the ball, but at the same point, you know, he's got a penchant for throwing the pick or two or yeah. three or 14 or whatever it may be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I guess just to put a cap on Fitzpatrick, my basic take would be the Fitzmagic aspect of it all, the Fitzmagic, the Fitztragic. I haven't seen anything throughout preseason at camp that makes me think that's not going to be the case. I had somebody ask me the other, the other day, is there any chance that Ryan Fitzpatrick is evolves to a different quarterback at this point? I'm like, I don't see it at all. He is who he is at this point, and for better or for worse, they just got to hope he minimizes the mistakes, especially when you have a defense It's good. Um, but I'm curious, like at one point, and this is not a, a bit, but at one point earlier, Kip, you were kind of on the Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. side of things. Did Has something changed for you other than the fact that there is no sign that he's going to play, or do you just think Fitzpatrick has done enough for you to think, injury aside, he's the guy for the season? I still believe the most important thing in all of professional sports is having a long-term quarterback, and I think we can both agree that person is not Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and look, we can debate to quarterbacks till the cows come home. We're very good at that. Aaron Rodgers, you know, draft picks, blah, blah, blah. 
Look, it might be Taylor Heineke. I'm not even saying it is Taylor Heineke. He's a fragile little dude, but it might be Taylor Heineke. I think you owe it to yourself to figure out at some point this year if it's Taylor Heineke or not. I don't think they will, though. I think they'll stick with Fitzpatrick. And it's going to be a roller coaster ride. I think this is going to be like a baseball player. Let him hit out of his streak here. If he has back-to-back games with three interceptions, I don't think Ron's going to bench him. I think Ron's going to let him throw his way out of it. And I think he will, too. I think that's just who he is. I had a question here. Taylor Heineke, one and a half starts. But sounds like based on what we were just saying, I don't know if either one of us would go over. So I'm under. So let me go with this. If another quarterback starts a game this year, is it Taylor Heineke or is it Kyle Allen? It's Heineke unless Fitzpatrick gets hurt early in a game. Heineke comes in and has to stay healthy for three whole quarters <laughs> in order to earn the start the next week. That you know that that's our potential here where this could go very wrong. Heineke's the number two. Just, this is the, as clear cut a hierarchy as I've, I've seen. I'll say this just to be different: if the start, this random start we're discussing, comes place in the second half of the year, I'll go Kyle Allen. All I, right. I, I, I just think he was making strides, and the injury took him back. And I just think not that he's consistent, but I think it's a little more stable when he's there versus the other two, or at least you have a better sense what it is. So that's just such bad franchise management, though. Everybody knows what Kyle Allen is. He's a very nice backup quarterback. I wish him a long and productive 10-year career here of mostly not playing in football games. He's not I, look, you know, we had the, this was a Kirk Cousins thing to everybody. Oh, you know, you said that about Kirk Cousins. And I still say that about Kirk Cousins. He's not worth what they're paying him. He's not that elite guy. Find your elite guy. It's not Kyle Allen. Let him enjoy his time on the bench. He'll be there when you need him. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, there's been there was talk earlier in the camp because about how many sacks Chase Young and Montez Sweat are going to get. However. That's because they brought it up. Um, <laughs> they, they 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 mentioned that. I, I I struggled with this number. I feel like this may be low. It's maybe this may be one of these wagers where I need to say if you want to go over, it's like a minus one fifty situation. But you know, don't you worry, man. I'm you hit, say your line. All right, twenty two and a half sacks for Chase Young, Montez Sweat combined. Under. Under, oh, so <laughs> apparently not. I get plus money now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Look, what, one of the two of them is not going to finish in double digits because there's just there's so many mouths to feed here. It, it, there are. I, I think Chase Young's probably a, you know, a good bet to get 10, but what if he doesn't? What if he gets double teamed all year and, and Tess is the one who gets the 10? I don't know, 22's a reach. Can, can I give you my fun prediction? Landon, Landon Collins gets more than two sacks this year. Okay. There you go. Well, look, he is basically a linebacker. Oh, sorry, I'm not allowed to say that out loud. That's, uh, I, might, I might get electric shocked if I say that around here. Um, interestingly enough, I was working on uh, something else. We were having a prediction story go up on the athletic, and I was it's discussing. And I was just, yeah, I, people are doing that this time of year. I thought we were original. I guess not. <laughs> um, and I was and I was discussing Montez Sweat in one of the categories in my head. I was thinking, well, how many sacks am I projecting here? And I was thinking twelve if I went yeah, high end. Sure. But then. That means Chase Young's got to get 11 yeah. to get there, and that is tough. I mean, Deron Payne's not going to get a ton of sacks. John Allen didn't get really money last year. But they also don't really have that. There's no Ryan Kerrigan this time. So that's partly why I kind of want to go over, and just to be fun, I will. But uh, like I said, if it was a minus 150, I don't know if I would be paying that extra. Uh, if it's a you know sort of even money thing, I, I would probably say roll and go, why, why not? You're correct. There's no third sack or sharing the snaps here. They'll get close to 100% of those snaps. It's This isn't the NFL that, that the tandems were getting 25 and, and 30 in when those records were set. Quarterbacks get the ball out really quickly now, especially if they got Chase Young going on. All true. All right, let's stay on the defense. Cole Holcomb over under his rank among Washington tacklers this year, one and a half. 
Meaning, if you say, well, if you say under, you're saying he's leading the team in tackles. If you're saying over, then he's not leading the team in tackles. Um, uh, since you went first in the other two, I'll, I'll, I'll take the, the, uh, the, the, the I'll, I'll take the start here. I'm going under. I think Cole Holcomb leads his team in tackles. I think he's the only linebacker I see playing all three downs. I mean, John Bostic made by have no choice initially. Eventually, I would hope. And actually, they hope that Jamin Davis gets there. But Holcomb is the one, whether they're doing these five defensive linemen looks or six defensive backs or whatever, he's the linebacker staying. And I think he is poised for, if I say a breakout year, I'm not saying he's going to the Pro Bowl, but I think he's poised to have a pretty big year. So I'll go Cole Holcomb leads his team in tackles. If you had asked me, Michael, who's going to lead the Washington football team in tackles, I would have told you Cole Holcomb's going to. Like, he's the guy. Am I ready to take him over a collection of, 10 other guys I, I don't know like that's that's a lot of lottery tickets I get to pull there so uh, g- give me the under but I, I think you're absolutely right I, th- I think I'll come uh, log, log some tackles this year um, all right let's go to the offense uh, uh, again so obviously you know uh, we're, we're talking these individual things but I would say at least for me the biggest question for this team this year is can the offense do enough consistently and efficiently to keep up with, you know, to complement a defense that, you know, whatever you want to say, top five, top ten, should be pretty good. Last year, Washington averaged uh, 20.9 points a game, which was tw- 25th. Not very good. Um, the, the the middle of the pack was the Falcons at 24.8. If they can get to 24.8, just at least say middle mm-hmm. of the pack, whatever that yeah. may be, that would be Will pretty they good. Be a top 16 offense. Right, could yeah, yeah. at least be good, <laughs> you know, as opposed to what we saw last year. So over under 24.8 points, which was, again, what 16th place was last year. So that's the question. Will Washington over under offense? What do you say? I think I'll go that they will. I, I don't know. I, I, I wrote in my season preview, I think the offense overachieves, and I think the defense underachieves this year. Uh, a variety of factors for that. But I'm I'm going to put some chips on uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the boys. I, I, I think they put some points on the board. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the way you phrase that because I keep saying I think people are, to a degree, especially national pundits, overestimating this team because they're looking at the defensive stats from last year, ignoring all the backup quarterbacks they faced and things like that. On the other hand, the offense, as we stand here right now, Curtis Samuel, I don't feel too comfortable about him playing in week one. And since it's a short week in week two, we'll have to see about that, but he's a, you know, a big piece that they you added. Week one, you're not playing week two. You, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't think so in, the, in this scenario. Um, and so they've got to get him, him out on the field. But look, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, I mean, that's, you know, that's, a good, that's a good piece right there. But now they have a quarterback to help unlock more things. Um, I think there are questions for me about the offensive line. But all that said, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go optimistic. I'm feeling, I'm feeling in good spirits today. I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think it's the cool weather yeah, now that, re- relative to being indoors. Uh, so I'll go under. I'm sorry. I'll go over. I guess my question would here would be the level of efficiency, which is not factored into this stat. But it, it's not just enough to score the points. You can't turn the ball over a lot. And that's, of course, where the Fitzpatrick uh, component will, will be here. Um, all right. Um, Dustin Hopkins. Uh, they uh, they currently have two kickers on this roster, well, on, on the broad roster, including the, the, meaning the practice, practice squad. squad. Yep. Asked Rivera about that today. He said Eddie Pinheiro is here for a case of emergency. Well, we'll see how quickly there the is. The emergency is Dustin Hopkins misses a field goal. That's the emergency. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> that is a very, good, uh, uh, a very good point. So basically the, qu- the question is Dustin Hopkins games 16 and a half. Obviously injuries could skew this thing uh, under. Ding, ding the under on that for me. Look, there will come a point and a time this season where they need a scapegoat and who better than the kicker. That is how, that is how football works. You're hired to be fired, especially at that position. <laughs> um, I like him too. You know, so here's here's what I would say to that. 
I, as I ponder what to answer this. I'm going to answer this under. When Ron Rivera <laughs> said last week with all the practice squad cuts, basically, are you going to bring, if not back, Stephen Montez, you're going to bring back a quarterback? His answer to that was, I believe, something of, well, we don't need to. We have the three, but also, like, it's last year you, it was hard to get a guy in here, but now with the, rule, with the rules as yeah. they are, you don't need to have a guy. Yeah. Here he's saying, well, we're going to have the emergency guy just in case anyway. Now, again, I understand it's slightly different because you have multiple backup quarterbacks, but it, it does seem like a, enough of a, enough of a inconsistency for me to be like, you know what, I'll go under. Yeah, I wish Dustin follow, Hopkins. Follow the, that hunch. I wish Hopkins the best, obviously, yes. but at the same point, uh, yeah, they, they're bringing in the second kicker to me. He'll uh, land somewhere. He'll land somewhere because another team will also be scapegoating their kicker. That is how this carousel works. Kickers just just change uniforms every few years it, it, it is like that's why it's almost bizarre that he and Tressway have been here yeah. as long as they have it doesn't you don't see that combination Ooh. um stay there all right last over under this is a brand new uh, entry here because of things that have happened over the last 24 hours <laughs> tanya snyder one-on-one -on -one interviews for the remainder of the year i will caveat this one-on-one -on -one interviews not with for the in-house or with anybody anybody okay not with the in-house media she cannot be talking to anybody here with the that's going to go up on the washington football team website yeah no julie donaldson one-on-one -on -one, sure. none that's of that fair. outside media whatever that may be over under a half an interview so basically i would just say if you paid attention to us on twitter i don't think a lot of us thought it was a great uh rollout of her, of, her, of her interview? I don't think I'll be getting an interview. Uh, I say that with a good, right. good deal of confidence. Be, be, between the two of us, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it's not going to be going to, to us. But what do you think? Uh, will, will, we have, yeah. will we see a Tanya interview, Snyder yeah, interview we, again? We will. Yes, over. I, we'll, we'll see another one. They they seem pretty intent on rolling her out and uh, I think she'll get more and more comfortable with it. I think she is a good communicator. I, I think the, the things she was communicating were what got her in hot water. Um, but I... I think she is warm and likable just as a person holding a conversation. I, I think more Tanya's is probably a good thing for this franchise, help uh, help people see maybe there, there's a, a little bit of a human in charge somewhere. Uh, I spouted off on this in the previous podcast, so nobody needs to hear from me again. Do you have any Twitter-sized thought on this or whatever about the interview that happened or just any takeaway, even if it's to say, I can't believe how much we all talked about this, whatever it is? columns at richmond.com she's so lucky that the name thing happened because if we weren't focusing on the name thing we'd be focusing on the other things she said and those reflected way worse on this organization absolutely all right so go go read that all right we're, we're done with the over-unders we'll get to some fill in the blanks here and in fact that michael i have commercials now in the podcast so no, we're so we're gonna yeah so we're gonna do the we're gonna get to the fill in the blanks right after this i thought the green room was pretty nice <laughs> all right we are back. Uh, fill in the blanks. Let's just go for some awards here. Yeah. Offensive MVP. There's actually a few candidates. I mean, you I obviously agree. you can go with the quarterback. There's McLaurin. There's Gibson. Uh, could be you, Curtis you, Samuel. You can defend Logan Thomas as a pick here. Yeah. I don't think it is him. I'm, I'm going to take McLaurin. I just think he's so good. I, I don't think I think people sleep like everybody knows Terry McLaurin's good. People sleep on how like how good he is at his craft like he is precise in his routes he is thoughtful and studious in the things he does and he's also very physically talented he's so good at playing football it's fun to watch yeah i i i would have if you had asked me this a month ago i, might, I would have said antonio gibson i really just considering what gibson did last sure. year it's still like learning the position I'm like wow you know that's really impressive but it is hard for me to go against mclaurin considering the stats he's compiled with not exactly a stellar cast of quarterbacks around here, and not that Fitzpatrick is Aaron Rodgers, 
but he should be a pretty big upgrade just from an aggressiveness standpoint, if nothing else. And McLaurin also has a lot more help now than he did, especially his rookie year and even over last year. So I'm with you on, on that one. Let's see if we have a disagreement here on the defensive MVP. Obviously, just on the line alone, there's a bunch of guys. But Really? Uh, well, I don't know. What do you got? Chase Young, who are you taking? I'm going Montez Sweat. Oh, buddy. All yeah. right. I mean. Go on. Obviously, it's 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 one of those calls where, like, if again, it would be like an odds thing for sure. My Montez Sweat's not going to be the top guy on the board. I just think he's poised for a huge year, and I think if we weren't talking about Chase Young as much as we talk about Chase Young, we'd be talking about Montez Sweat in the Pro Bowl conversation and things like that. I think last year he showed a lot, and I think I think I I think the twelve sack thing is legit. I think he's going to battle a lot of passes down. Um, I guess the only question is how many games will he play ultimately? I mean, just like for anybody, but you know, look, he's COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, he has said he's, yeah. he, he's the one who has obviously come out and said, at least as of last time we checked in with him the last couple of times. He's yeah. not. He's not into it, and therefore, you yeah. Know, but every game he doesn't play is a game his teammates not going to play either. So, there, so there's that. There, there, there is, there, there is that. Um, yeah, having those two in the buddy system may not be ideal. But yeah, I, I just think Montez Wed is poised for a big year again. I would not knock the Chase Young call at all. It just maybe it's contrarian. Or I don't know what, but I'm going with Montez Wed. Do it. Rookie of the year. Is that next? Rookie of the year. Yeah, the rookie of the year. For Great this movie. Place. Henry Rowan Gardner. Yes. Pitched for the Chicago Cubs, broke his arm. Do you remember that one? I do. Oh, yeah, I mean, one. I didn't really. I it was a little. I was a little too old for that one at that yeah, point. Okay, but yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and that was a kid who was in American Pie, right? Was it? I think so. Wasn't wow, it? Wow, I didn't know that. That's a good poll. Uh, well, who uh, knows if we'll I was bring a... JP Finley in, who's turning forty here. We'll get we'll get all the all all the ages. He he would be the American <laughs> Pie age. Um, Rookie of the year, I, I think I think I got to go. You know, it's not a glamour position, but I think Sam Cosme has looked really good. Um, I think he's acclimated well to the NFL game. I've, I, you know, my everybody knows my stance on this, which is it's really freaking hard to be an offensive lineman rookie in the NFL. Like you're going to take some lumps, um, but I, I'll admit to being impressed by what I've seen so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we, we uh, you and I were both back there today when Brandon Sheriff was talking, and he had, you know he said, hey, yeah, I saw this kid have some struggles early on, but he's picked it up, and I think we all kind of uh, saw that. I'll, I'll, Are you I'll, taking Cheeseman? Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't even think about him. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's if, not a... if Cheeseman is Rookie of the Year, things didn't go great. Wow, Could not, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that would be that would be a funny one to go the other way. Who would be the who would be the worst case scenario? That would definitely be if, the long if snapper. If shines the most of, of any of the rookies, the, the most fun would be Jarrett Patterson if, if he gets out there and just just lights it up. Or, Sa- or, or Sam or Reyes. Oh, Samus Reyes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, that would be such a great story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going with uh, Benjamin St. Juice. I just think he's oh, going to yeah. play a ton. And, you know, I mean, obviously corner is a exposed position, but he looks to be pretty good already, and they seem to have a lot of confidence in him. I think he's going to be that sub-package. I think he's going to be out there a ton. That could also be a bad thing if they're going to look to pick on the rookie. I mean, you know, but that said, I think he's uh, got a good shot to be out there a ton. Obviously, like you said, Cosme's going to start and therefore play and you, you a lot. You wrote about him at theathletic.com. People should check that out. It was an engaging story. Ah! Um, terrible. <laughs> All right. Um... Where are we at here? Um, okay, uh, okay. Here, here's let's go talk about the schedule. I've, yes. I don't know if you've heard. People think it's a tough one. I think that's fair to say. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks. Uh, what do you think is the key game or the key stretch on the schedule? Go for it. Yeah, well, I, I think it's fascinating that this NFC East five at the end thing because it's good. Look, the NFC East is bad. I think I think you would agree with me on that. Do you think an NFC East team gets to 11 or 12 wins this year? I'd say no. So, so even if 10's the bar for the division, if you're sitting on five, 
coming into the last five, you can convince yourself this thing's still in play, and this thing could very well still be in play. So you know, it's hard to look at it as anything other than that last stretch is the key stretch. Um, you got a weird one coming out of Thanksgiving where Seattle's here for Monday Night Football. And look, Seattle's good and they win a lot of football games, but I don't know that that's an unbeatable team. And then you're on the short week to Vegas, um, which the short week to the West Coast is not ideal, but again, you would say that's a beatable team. And I think, you know, depending on where we're sitting at that time of year, that could be a make or break stretch where you need to cash in one or two of those chips to make sure you're in position coming down the stretch. Um, when I did a podcast uh, earlier in the summer with uh, Lindsey Jones, um, I mentioned because she's a Denver person that that Denver game is sneaky interesting because of where it fits in the schedule with in between the KC, the Green Bay, and the Tampa game. But I won't do that one again. I'm actually going to go these first four games because if you look at the, the Chargers, the Giants, then the Bills, and the Falcons, other than the Bills, those are three Those are the three teams that are not teams people are pegging for the playoffs, and if they don't come out at least at 2-2, two and two, maybe they almost need to be 3-1, and because then you look what's coming after that. I don't know where the Saints are going to be, but then you get in a four-week stretch, or four-game stretch, you have to face Mahomes, Rodgers, and Brady. I'm not feeling confident about that point, and then the Denver game's on the road, so I think they really have to go at at least 2-2 two and two here to get to where you're sort of talking about the end of the year, because if they don't do that, then you know, I don't know where they're going to be. I agree, man. I'm going to channel my inner John Gruden. I'm excited for this game Sunday. I'm excited to watch some football. Like, this, this is a great matchup that we've got on Sunday. One, it, it's two teams that don't know each other. It's two brand new things. I know we're through a very second year, but, but Fitzpatrick's first year, new coach in San Diego, great young players. This is an even game. Vegas is scoring as a pick em right now. I believe that. This is a game either team could win. This is gonna, This is a fun way to open the season with, with a football game that, that I walk in there that day. Yeah, I'm going to walk under that tunnel FedEx field, take my 19 COVID test. When I get up to the press box, I'm going to think, I don't know what I'm going to see today, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, the only thing we, way this could be better would be if we were going to LA for it. Other uh, than that, I, I, we're going to Vegas, so you can't complain. Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. Um, okay, let's go with this one. Um, uh, who is a player that we're not talking about enough entering the season that's all going to play a bigger role than we're all than the way we're talking about them? I think you know my guy. It's Landon Collins, and we do talk about him. But man, I think Landon Collins is going to have a good football season. I, I think he understands the pressure that's on him. I think he understands that he needs to be not just good in coming back from this Achilles, but great to justify the contract and the money uh, and, and the legacy that he had talked about here with Sean Taylor and all that. I, I think he. I don't know if he'll get there, but man, I think I think he's working his butt off to do it. I, I, I'm pulling for him to to come through on that because I know it's been a rough couple of years for him. Uh, Landon's my guy. Just to p- push back on that a little bit, replace some devil's advocate. Oh, he was so. already str- he was struggling last year Very before so. the injury, and then the previous so. year to that wasn't also living up to the expectations. Oh, so to coming off an Achilles injury, yeah. like we have seen like NBA players like Kevin Durant come back and look like they're all level self, but this is a different sport and he's yeah. got to, his speed already wasn't a thing. He was already having some issues in the pass catching. Yeah. I, I'm with you. He's looked good. So what we see, he's looked spry. He's made plays in the open space. But that's my only question is over time, is he going to be a guy who was already having some of these issues is going to be able to hold up? You, ha- you are asking fair questions. I agree. Um, I, I would probably say Cole Holcomb, but I already talked about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, I'm only on the mullet. May, I may have to grow one here at, uh, oh, at at some point. What's your subtle fret for this team? So, like, it's easy again to say the offense, whatever. But like, what's a thing that you're like, eh? Like, I maybe we, maybe we should talk about this a little bit more. Yeah, it's the COVID thing because it, it it Chase go, Chase and Montez are going to be close contacts, whatever that means. I don't know what it means, but I know they are close contacts. They hang out a lot. If one of them gets contact traced, the other one's going down too. 
I, you're going to play a game without the two of them. I don't, I don't feel as good about that game all of a sudden. Right. And, you know, we should say opposite. We don't know for sure at this point who's, uh, who, who's uh, taken the vaccine, who hasn't. And even as we know, even if you have taken it, uh, it, it is different with the rules. If you, if you test, if you um, test positive or you're yeah. in close contact, you know, you can come back quicker with some negative tests versus if you haven't, um, you know, we may never find out who has or who hasn't unless they tell us. The team's not going to tell us. But yes, based on what we know to this point, uh, the, you know, th that definitely seems um, li likely. Um, I I probably mine. I, I don't know if it's subtle. I would just go back to the offensive line. You know, as interesting as some of those guys are you've got two new tackles in the left guard spots not exactly a lock or and uh mm -hmm. i don't know I feel, I feel like we have i feel like the charles leno thing i'm not saying it's a negative i'm just saying teams don't generally let really good left tackles go and the bears did and you know he's he's sort of the morgan moses of that side which means he could be good but other times he may be not so good in 2019 pro football focus rated him like 89th among all tackles so you know whatever that means you can go with that last year he was like 30th and a cat literally just ran through here i have no idea where that dude just came from that's wild man where I, is that your cat it better not be <laughs> for a variety of reasons unless my cat missed me that much which yeah. would be kind of kind of sweet and adorable um all right we're, we're winding down here what do we got here? You, you can pick this one. We got a couple left. Any, which one do you want to go with? Well, we got to do record predictions. What we're here for. I took nine and eight. Did you take nine and eight too? I, I don't know if I've said that oh, officially, but I think I think I think so. Oh, I mean, basically, it's nine and eight. You, oh, you I gotta pick a side. Actually, I did on with Sheehan the other day. I, I I just kept saying I don't know. If you want to tell me nine and eight, eight and nine, but I went for the optimism. You know, when you're coming out of training camp, it's hard to not be. Everything feels and, good. Yeah, everything feels good. And, and look, they, other than the Curtis Samuel thing, which feels like a I don't want to say a minor issue, but it's not. It, it feels like it'll be a couple weeks. Not he's out for the year or anything. You know, knock on wood, they they're pretty healthy. I mean, really healthy right now, going into the year. So you know, that's a positive sign. So I'll go nine and eight for some of the reasons we said. The offense does a little bit better. The defense, even if they're not stellar, is pretty good. So I'll go nine and eight. What that that could be good enough to win this division. I guess you really got to tell me what happens with, <laughs> yeah. with Dak Prescott. Yeah. I, the, I feel like the Giants have a shot. Eagles, I'm out. I, I see some people picking the Eagles for the playoffs. I don't nah. understand that at all. You need Jalen Hurts to just go all world, have like an RG3. Yeah, like he'd have to be like situation. Lamar Jackson type yeah. deal, and I don't, I'm, I'm not. Can I double click on Curtis Samuel for a minute? Yeah. Curtis Samuel games played this season, nine and a half, over or under? Uh, I mean, I'll go over because that's because nine and a half, but the fact that I even have to think about it for half a second, yeah. What about you? I'm taking your money. Thanks. Yeah, you're going under. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. You know. If you're asking the question. The lingering injury that has been one week away for, for nine weeks now. No. No way. I, it, and, you know, I, it, I get when teams, of course, during the season don't want to tell you. Like, I get right now they, don't, they want to be coy about this. I don't know why you need to be coy about this a month ago. He's, he'll, be out, he'll be out a month. Okay, what's the difference? Like, I mean, just tell us and then we can move on. But, like, the way, I don't know, it makes you question what's happening the way it was rolled out, and I don't think that's I'm a... I'm asking uh, a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, let's get to the to the last one. So we just gave the record prediction. But when this season ends, we both just said 9 and 8. That could mean uh -huh. a few things. But when the season ends, what is the number one story we're talking about? Setting aside the name. Setting aside the name. The number one story we'll be talking about is Aaron Rodgers. Because I think it makes sense on so many 
levels. It just does. You got all the Cal connections. You got a team that's ready to plug in a veteran quarterback. You got a guy in Fitzpatrick who I think is going to do well, but maybe not well enough to like totally cement that he needs to be the guy for another year here. I think they're going hard after Aaron Rodgers after this year. I'm ready for it. I, I think I was going to say quarterback in general because whatever Fitzpatrick is, unless they go 12-5 and five and he just, just lights yeah. out, it's hard to see what the scenario is that we're not going. Well, they have to figure out somebody. And if you do well, like let's, even if they go 9-8, and eight, you're probably out of the mix to get a, a top-10 pick, yeah. thus not getting whatever the, one of those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, if you do well, do you even want a rookie quarterback? Because you're trying to take another level. On the flip side, if they have a 7-10 and 10 year, uh, you know, then what? I mean, are, are you trying to get the – you know, how does that work? So, yeah, I, I feel like the quarterback and a veteran quarterback at that, whatever that may be, the question is who is actually available. Rodgers is obviously seems like a very likely candidate based on everything we know to this point, but at the same time, you know, who knows. Percent chance Ryan Fitzpatrick is this team's quarterback in 22. Um, It's not zero. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 20. I mean, it's not like it's impossible, yeah, but... Yeah, I think there's a clear path to it. Right, I mean, yeah, especially with with the backup situation that it is. Even if they draft a quarterback next year, you know, that guy would have to be lights out for for anybody to say he's been... And we're probably not talking about a first-round pick um, if we're even saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick would start again. So, yeah, 20%? Yeah, that feels right. I'll go with that. Um, all right, you made you made the uh, final roster with that with that uh, performance. I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, obviously, go read Michael at the Rich in Times Dispatch. Anything else? Oh, wait, we do have one last question. The, you only you are uniquely qualified for this. What is you are the king of the bits? So the what? Bits. So we don't know. Bits happen organically. You can't predict it. But what? <laughs> what's the? What's the? What? What? What has the most bit potential? Whether it's a player, a situation. Could be one of us. If you want to pick on me or anybody else in this media room, I, I speak for everybody. You're allowed to do that as well. What What do you see as the biggest bit potential, or the one you're most intrigued by this you year? You know who's kind of funny today? Who? Brandon Sheriff. He was. He was. I, Brandon Sheriff, I've, ma- I've maintained this for six years, is a funny human being. He just does not, he has always shut down talking to the media. I am hopeful that we have created a thaw in the Brandon Sheriff relations, that he is going to be funny with us every single week, and it's going to be fantastic. If we get him a lot, that would be good. I get. I, I feel like once the season starts, he's gonna shut down because the questions will happens, be. It w- the questions today were a little more. Yeah, you know, there was like a- there were answers involved things like Bush Light, and he's gonna he's willing to wear a Conor McGregor gear like with with Fitzpatrick if we yeah. get a triple X. I just feel like in week four, hey, so you guys gave up four sacks. What happened? Uh, I, I feel like we're getting closed off, but that would be I, good. An eternal bit for me is always the Washington Post rolling nineteen people deep to cover a bad football team. You know, and, and you know maybe this would be a playoff football team, but. I've always, I've always laughed coming to the four and nine press box and the post is rolling like nineteen people deep. That's that that's a quality bit for me. They did have four people here today. Four people here today for a Wednesday practice with, with no no ground broken. I guess in fairness the athletic had three. Woo! All right, <laughs> look out, taking them on. Taking them on. Meanwhile I gotta shoulder this whole load for the entire state of Virginia, man. It it ain't easy. Well, and that's why you are somebody that people need to pay attention to. Uh <laughs> Obviously, go follow Michael on Twitter. Uh, hold on, Michael P R T D. You got it. Oh, uh, you oh, know, yeah. can't remember these things. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, he's he's the guy to go to for all things uh, training camp, stadium. I'll be at NASCAR this weekend. NASCAR's coming through Richmond on Saturday. Be a NASCAR Saturday game Sunday. It's a good weekend. Who's the? Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't even know if I can name three NASCAR drivers. I mean, I all used right. to care. All right, here you go. You can name one of the drivers this weekend. He's coming out of retirement for one day only. For the, for the anniversary of 9-11 to salute the troops by driving the Hellman's mayonnaise car. 
And he's a big Washington football team fan. Oh, Dale Jr.? Dale Jr. How about that? That doesn't seem like a sport you come out of retirement for for one day. You what feel do you like, mean you're driving a car? Yeah, oh, but, it, but it feels like it's a nerves kind of thing. You really got to be like, you know, you can't just like come. It's like, you know, if a guy came out of retirement to play one NBA game, if like, hey, I put him in the corner and take a couple shots, you're not like driving 180 miles an hour. I hope it works out well for him. Well, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> um, all right, well, good luck. Who, who's the Joe Gibbs driver these days? Is it Denny Hamlin? Denny and uh, Kyle Busch. Right. In yeah. my head, that's what I, Joe Gibbs is, uh, you know, despite this job, yeah. th th Joe Gibbs is my coach, so uh, I'll go with. Uh, coach for life. Yeah. Uh, Michael, appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Ready, ready. Okay, this is Rannon Walker, instant replay with The Athletic. Um, ben, as he is wont to do, walked up on me, said, hey, do you want to give some predictions, you know, on the fly? Sure, why not? Because I've had plenty of time to think about it, so this is going to be, like, very formulated, a lot of fun. Just stick with me. Um, as far as our first question goes, I think it's what player that we're not talking about enough at this point in time. Maybe, you know, maybe it's Chris Samuel because, like, you know, who's really been talking about him? Like, come on now. Like, he's been injured. He's just, like, the most recently signed, like, star offensive player. Um, obviously, I'm teasing. I feel like the player that we are probably not talking about enough as of right now, and I feel like this is, I don't know, I feel like this is hard to say. But I, I want to say Antonio Gibson, actually. Like, just watching him in the preseason game, it was a little bit different than last year when you started to see him kind of warm up towards the end of the season. I'm almost wondering, like, if – I don't know what the word is, but I feel like there's something to like the fact that like the short yarded situation, like trying to figure out those things um, combined with the fact like you have somebody like Jared Patterson. I bring him up because like he's a pure runner, like he's just somebody who like knows where the holes are. Obviously, he's been doing this for a long time. I guess I'm saying he's the player that I don't feel like we talk about enough because I'm really curious about his development. Will he start to see those running lanes better? Will he develop into the pass catcher that he could be? Had the same amount of catches basically as he had his last year at Memphis, but had half the yards. Actually, it was less than half the yards. He had like 700 yards at Memphis and obviously not as many touchdown scores. So I'm almost curious if he can have that big sophomore year to really help unlock what this offense's potential is because we talk about the wide receivers so much. We talk about Logan Thomas in the tight end room. But the other facet of this is the running game and the lead dog, I feel like, Antonio Gibson. If he really steps back into where he was towards the end of last year before that turf toe injury, I'm, I'm very excited to see what this offense does with like a, a complimentary running game as well too. So I feel like that's a player we don't – talk about enough because I just feel like there's I don't know there's something there I can't put my finger on it but there's something there um in terms of a player that I expect to have a breakout year uh I mean I feel like everybody's gonna say this but Terry McLaurin Logan Thomas I feel like are my two candidates for big breakout years I mean if I had to have a comeback player I'd probably say Adam Humphreys because some of the injuries he had at Tennessee but I say those two because and, and then the record prediction then I was right last year I got seven and nine I, I, I was still standing on that I'm trying to think 17 game season I could see this team going nine and eight if I'm being optimistic which all of you guys say I always am probably ten and seven but there are some tough games on that schedule where I feel like they're going to realize there may be a step down from some of the upper echelon teams in the league and that's okay because it's year two under Rivera this isn't what people expected in the first place but I could see them getting ten of those wins the NFC East is I'm sorry, I'm just watching it. It's it's still a bit of a dumpster fire at this point in time. There's still some games they should have been in there. So I say There's a literal dumpster being tossed this, as we're saying that she makes point. a dumpster fire comment. Literally, I wish you guys could see me. Like I wish there was a video component, you guys can hear it. There's a dumpster I'm not making this up. So <laughs> it's only confirming the fact that the NFC's is a dumpster fire. Can they beat the Giants? Find out the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, aka Week Two, aka the Thursday night football game next week, friends. Uh, so that's my prediction: is either nine and eight or ten and seven. If I'm being optimistic. Boom.
Hey, this is Matt Paris from the Washington Times, or also known as the unofficial host of, co-host of the Ben Standing podcast. I've been on here enough. Uh, let's see, the thing that the player I think is being under-discussed, I'm going to go with an obvious one just because we haven't talked about him, but Chase Young. You know, he, he's really looked incredible this summer. Uh, I think uh, my biggest question for Washington's defense is whether they can retain that level they were a year ago, and I think it kind of starts with him. If he can take a jump in terms of sacks, if he can be just as a dominant force as he was a year ago, if not better, then I like him to repeat that kind of top five ranking. If not, maybe he doesn't create as big of an impact. Maybe they take a step back to top 10. But staying on that same line, my subtle worry about this team is also on defense, and it's the linebackers. You know, Early on in camp, I thought Jamin Davis was going to have a huge role, and I think he'll get there in time. But I, I don't see him now as that instant impact player. And maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like Washington has been going with John Bostic and Cole Holcomb a little more. Maybe Davis isn't as ready as some expected, or at least I expected him to be. But, you know, I, I'm still feeling high uh, about this group overall. And so if I had to guess on the, the, the record and famous last words, but kind of like them to go 10-7, and 9-8. and eight. I like them to win the division again. You just look at the rest of the NFC East where everyone's at. You have concerns about Dak Prescott, whether he can be healthy enough to finish out the season. The Giants' offensive line's a mess. The Eagles, you know, it looks like they're rebuilding. So I kind of like them, and I think the thing that we'll be talking about the most this season is that NFC East uh, stretch run because, you know, I, it's kind of mapping out the, the season uh, predictions, just going game by game, and kind of have them 6-7 and seven entering that stretch. And... You know, it, it'll go. It'll be really telling, kind of like last year, where they, they can steal it at the end. And I think it'll be kind of exciting to watch. So, those are my predictions. All right. Um, many thanks to Michael Phillips, Randon Walker, Matt Paris. Thanks to you guys for listening to the podcast. Um, my plan would be to have one Sunday at some point after the game, and then we'll go from there. I, I you know, I'm going to try to do three a week. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, the 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 um the athletic keeps me busy as this as does this team but i love doing the podcast and you know just got to figure out um the best way to do this over time but hopefully we'll keep it going the the response has been great from you guys uh in terms of listens and comments and downloads if you have any questions or subject matters or people you want me to talk to hit me up at ben standig or send me an email be standig at the athletic.com that's s-t-a-n-d-i-g um but that's it for now Again, always appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Ben Stadick signing off. Until next time. See ya.